Nova. This is the companion podcast to the book, This Human, where I uh, read through the book page by page and go into a little bit more depth and tell some stories and embellish the content and hopefully bring the content to life a little bit more than what we've done in the book. We are up to page 85. Um, we were in chapter three talking about self-expression We've just finished talking about in the previous episode, we covered things like authentic self-expression and we're just about to dive into integrity and courage. So let's do that. Integrity and courage. You will sometimes find yourself in the position where you need to communicate something that isn't easy to hear. This might be due to the subject matter. You may be inquiring into the treatment of women in war zones. It might be because of the impact of your findings on an individual stakeholder. You may find the target market does not want a recently launched product. Or it might be the person you are working for is listening from a fixed mindset or viewpoint, so they receive you as wrong or incompetent. The trick with all these scenarios is to retain your integrity while communicating what needs to be said. You have done the work. The knowledge is embedded within you. As a person committed to doing impactful work, it is vital you don't shy away from communicating the true message regardless of the context. This takes an incredible amount of courage, but it is essential if you're passionate about making a difference in the world. Now, one of the things that keeps happening is that I drop out of reading and start sort of uh, improvising so I can tell you a story. And then later on in the page, we come across the story that I've just told you. So hopefully that won't be the case in this instance. One of the reasons why I've uh, gone into um, quite a bit of effort, actually, in the first a few chapters you know, talking about things like uh, beliefs and biases and the ways to listen and all the different mindsets is because the statement that I just read out is really true. And so this is where the, the responsibility comes in. It is your work and perhaps you are in a situation where you need to communicate something that's going to be not, you know, very favorable to the audience. And so it's really essential that you're really clear about where you're communicating from as well, really self-aware about the beliefs that you hold, the biases that influence the way that you privilege certain pieces of information so that when you are communicating what needs to be communicated to the people that you need to be advising or influencing or informing, uh, that you do so from the most insightful place possible. And when you are connected to that understanding of yourself, that understanding of what your value systems are and what beliefs inform the meaning that you make, when questioned and when challenged in these sorts of situations, you have a very strong foundation that's based on integrity and and self-understanding for you to be able to 
communicate within that challenge. And I think one of the one of the you know motivations for me to write this book, this human, was about sharing what I knew about the internal scaffolding that supports a person who's doing this work in the world to not just be an amazing design researcher and conceptual designer and you know strategic thinker but to have all of the other capabilities and capacities that are required to be able to bring that work into reality and to have impact in the world okay back to the book sometimes the stakes are high if we are to do meaningful work we need to become experts at crucial conversations our work as human-centered designers is not only about finding elegant solutions to complex issues it is about being masterful communicators of our findings so they have the positive impact we intend communication for understanding you can think of communication as an audible network that connects people with ideas and information I like this analogy because it creates a visual image of connectivity between people who are normally not present when we think about speaking or presenting our work. This audible network connects all the people in the room. It pulses and reacts to your words, to the responses, questions and reactions, both verbal and nonverbal, that come from others in the room. You can use this network to transmit your knowledge and the meaning behind your work. Sometimes what you say will resonate with the person listening and sometimes it won't. Rather than thinking it is your job to transmit information, reframe your role to connect everyone in the room with your work. This changes the stance and approach you will take to deliver your message. You'll be successful in your communication when you can connect people who have different beliefs, perspectives, and experiences with a single concept so that they leave the room with a shared understanding of your work. The listening channels framework introduced a little bit later helps us get better at communicating for understanding. Our work is only as good as the way we communicate it. It's a, a mantra almost it's something that I keep reminding myself of and something that we use at huddle all the time so on page 88 there's a sort of a an illustration which is your job isn't to transmit it is to connect when we transmit we are not monitoring our own listening or that of the person we are communicating with when we connect we are concerned with their listening and whether our work is resonating with them so I often talk, we're going to um, get into the um, seven, six, seven, six listening channels a little bit later in this chapter, I think. But I, I tend to be a, a fierce advocate for listening over talking and for asking questions over having answers. And they go really beautifully together, actually, because as you become more masterful in your ability to listen, and I'm not... When I talk about listening, I, I, I'm talking about deep listening. And it's actually something that I teach in my deep leadership program, which is a very different kind of listening altogether. It uses more than just your ears to be able to connect with what's actually happening in the room. 
because often the words that we choose are only proxies to the meaning that we're actually trying to communicate. And sometimes that's done really deliberately where someone is trying to be diplomatic or politically correct or not be inflammatory in their language. But there's so many other things that are present in the way that the person's holding themselves, the energy that they have, the intention that's sitting behind the words that they're sharing, that once you understand the the language of human connection, it becomes possible for you to adopt a very different form of listening. When you gain access to this uh, ability, this deeper listening, you also uncover a different set of questions (laughs) that become obvious and available to you because your listening is different. And that is when you become a really powerful communicator because your intention is to connect. And it also obviously translates to your ability to connect with other people's realities, to be able to have empathy for the people that you are designing with and for when you're doing research, when you're doing co-design, co-creation work. And that's why I actually spend a lot of time on listening in this book, which we're getting to in terms of listening for what's being said and also listening for listening. Okay, um, page 89, communication for inspiration. We often worry about communicating our ideas too soon. We worry that the very act of communicating our vision will have a negative impact. We worry so much that sometimes we don't communicate it at all. This is understandable. While your idea is still in your mind, you can protect it. It won't be exposed to the scrutiny of others and it can remain pure and intact. As a human-centered designer, you are in the business of bringing about positive change. This can only be done when you become adept at working with people. You need other people to help bring your ideas into the world, but to share your vision, you have to communicate it. The sooner you communicate your idea and vision, the more time you have with other people to help you bring it into reality. When it is time to communicate your work, you need to connect with why you are communicating it in the first place. What is the outcome you are hoping for? When you communicate your idea for the first time, you are moving from the thought realm into the speech realm. You take something abstract and ethereal, thoughts and visions, and give them form, either by vocalizing or by a drawing or slide presentation. This process of moving from something that exists only in your mind to something that can be seen, touched and interacted with is very important. Because human-centered design is a highly iterative and self-reflective practice, Every deliberate step can be seen as an intentional iteration. The first time you communicate an idea is your invitation to others to share it and start the process of making it a reality. But it doesn't always feel like this. Sometimes it can feel as if you're about to lose something that is dear to you or as if you are making yourself vulnerable to an attack. While both might be true for you, this step is still necessary in order for your work to become real. Earlier on, I think when I'm in the in chapter two in Envision, I talk about giving your idea some time to form within the fertile and supportive, hopefully, conditions of your imagination without it being shared with the world and 
and so open to questions and critique and scrutiny. It is a really fine balance between what I'm advocating for in, in this on this page, which is to make sure you do communicate your ideas and visions to holding them until, well, I guess it's a gestation period, right? Until they're ready to be born out into the world. And the reason why that is a balance that's important for you to understand for yourself, because it's different for everybody, is sometimes a really great idea when communicated too early falls on critical ears and your spirits can be broken really easily if it hasn't had the time to take a a more solid form in your mind's eye. The risk with that is that you might cook it for too long. (laughs) Sorry, I'm mixing my metaphors. But if, you know, the idea stays in your your imagination for too long and you, you know, work on it for too long and you risk becoming attached to the the version of the solution that you've conjured up in terms of its implementation so that when you do share it, there's no room for creative collaboration around that idea. So communicating your idea at, at a point where you're clear around the outcomes that it's in service of, the purpose that it serves, the intention that sits behind why you think it's a good idea to share is really, really important. But you don't need to have worked out how it's going to be implemented in the world and and what the solution actually is. That's actually an opportunity to co-create with other people, which in my view and my experience, especially if you're co-creating with the people who are going to be living with the new reality that you're conceiving of, always results in a more robust and initially more successful solution. Okay, so on page 90, we've got a an exercise, I think I've called them exercise in the book, exercise 3.3. It's the four C's of communication. It's a good little framework to help you tick things off before you go in and, and communicate to an important audience. So these are the these are the four elements that are essential for people to connect with and be inspired by your idea. So the first C is conviction. Conviction is the energy you bring to your conversations. It's your passion and it comes from your belief in your vision and your work. Clarity. Clarity provides a clear sense of direction and action. You should always seek to communicate the simplest version of what you have to say. Connection. Connection enlists people into helping you create the reality you envision. A personal connection can only be formed in the presence of empathy, compassion, and respect. Conscience. Conscience is informed by your personal sense of purpose. If you feel you have deviated from your intention, you have to get back on track. Your heart, not your head, connects your path. So all of those four elements can be ticked off by using the really simple framework, which we call the huddle thinking framework, which I cover off in the next chapter, I think, which is a a framework that we use for strategic planning for almost everything, actually, where things need to be thought through deliberately and, and meaningfully in terms of why we're doing it, what are the outcomes that we're ultimately in service of, what's the deliberate approach that we wish to take, and what is the plan 
of action that's going to take us there. And so it's a two by two. And between those those quadrants, there's connecting vectors, I guess. So where we talk about intention and stance and the type of action and uh, measures, um, which we'll get to uh, later on. But the reason why I'm, I'm mentioning it here is if that framework is used to be able to craft a connected dialogue with your audience about what it is that you're there to communicate and the work that you're working on, these four elements of conviction, clarity, connection and conscience will actually be present um, because you would have done the work. And exercise 3.4, which is on the same page, is a big question mark and it says talk about why. Talk about why. It allows you to speak clearly from your conscience and conviction about your beliefs. When communicating in order to inspire, you hope your audience will be as excited about your message as you are. In a work context, you are normally expected to provide answers rather than questions. You're expected to talk about what your design is and how you will actualize it. But during these early stages of design, in the land of ideas and concepts, you often have the ability to talk more about why you are designing it. So make the most of it. People want to know the meaning behind your vision. What is it ultimately in service of? And why is it important to you? Telling a story about your idea is the quickest path to engage your listeners and interest them in making your vision a reality. It creates intrigue, excitement, and buy-in. And of course, I'm going to finish on the famous Simon Sinek quote, uh, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And what you do simply proves what you believe. I will dig up that TED Talk, which has probably had a gazillion million views by now, and put it in the show notes for you so you can refresh your your memory or watch the talk for the first time. I'm going to wrap up this episode here. Next episode, we start from page 92. And we, we delve into communication for feedback, which um, is terrifying and brilliant, in my opinion. If, if you are interested in diving a little bit deeper into, these, into the chapters and the concepts covered in this book, I'm very slowly um, pulling together courses over at thishuman.com, which are basically the fleshed out and complete versions of the exercises that I sort of whip through in this book. And also on the completely sort of different end of the spectrum if you are an executive and you're listening to this and you're wanting some um, coaching about uh, deepening your leadership to dive deeper into the neuroscience of listening and leading and grit and delivery and accessing thinking that is beyond your thinking brain then head over to melissanova.com and uh, check out the free masterclass that I've put up, which is about the seven essential elements to remaining relevant and effective as a leader. So check those things out. They're all available for you to learn from and to share and to incorporate into your practice. Thank you for listening. I am always grateful to think that there are people out there that are taking this work really seriously and and wanting to have this impact in the world so thanks for engaging with the material and i'll uh, 
know. I'll catch you next episode. Thanks. See ya.